Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Sanders in place. On The Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Momentarily, our toll-free line will be open. You can call us then at 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Uh, we have on the news line with us now a man who uh, works were you ever an Eagle Scout, Bob? Yes, I was. Okay, Eagle Art. Scout. He's led scouts. He's, let's see, what else has he done? He's been to a dozen of the camps around here, hundreds of football games around you, the region. Since that's not the reason he's calling, oh. you might want to mention he's and the former district attorney of Montour County, a long-standing, uh, well-thought-of attorney in the area. And uh, international high school scholar to New Zealand. Okay. And, oh, that's right. And yeah. the past president of the Pennsylvania District Attorneys Association, and an adjunct professor of criminal justice at my alma mater, Westminster College. And are you still on the board at Westminster? No, I did my, I served my eight (laughs) years, and um, after eight years, you have to go off the board. Okay, and you were on the board at Bloomsburg University as well, but they don't love free thinking up there, so that that was... No, but not, not all that much. I was on the board for 25 years at Bloomsburg, saw the transition from Bloomsburg State College to Bloomsburg University. Well, and you're actually, uh, one of the things that happened at, at Bloomsburg University, and this is Lawrence's worthless view of it, is that sure. uh, the the uh, board of trustees became more unified in sort of going down a, a certain narrow path, and divergent views became uh, very unwelcome. And, of course, you were a free thinker and, uh, and uh, outspoken in, in these areas. Do you see that same lack of tolerance happening in our society today? Day, Joe McGranahan uh, talked about a little bit before going on the air. We're seeing it at newspapers and networks and so on. This idea that if you don't agree with me, uh, I, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, we can't have a oh, conversation. I think, uh, you see, it's pervasive in our society. Um, and in a larger sense, what concerns me more than anything else is a, 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 that goes hand in glove with that is the lack of tolerance for other people's views that don't mesh with your own. You know, I always thought, when I was president of the District Attorneys Association, 67 counties ranging from Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, all the way down to Montour and Sullivan, and there were divergent views on many issues, and when we finally evolved into a position, it was stronger because of the diverse opinions we heard and the arguments that were made back and forth until we arrived at a consensus, which is an important word. Well, obviously one of the big bones of contention now is with police. 
And sure. uh, in Minneapolis, I guess the mayor was booed over the weekend because he refused to say that he supports abandoning or defunding the police department. And yet the city council president says she's got enough votes to do that. Uh, yeah. what, what happens if we defund police and we abandon police departments, Bob? It's real and, simple, uh, Joe. Um, chaos. You, you know, I, I don't think sending in a horde of social workers um, stops murderers or rapists or uh, domestic violence pe- uh, abusers, etc., etc. Um, it doesn't uh, take apart elaborate criminal schemes defraud people from their money, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we had an incident in Shemokin Dam last week where a man apparently uh, picked up his ex-wife by force, took her to their their home, allegedly, and put a gun to her head. I can't see sending a social worker out to deal with a situation like that. Yeah, I I can't either in in candor. And, um, you know, I I can just see the chaos that would ensue. And, you know, as I was reading last night uh, in preparation for our discussion this morning, I was thinking to myself, yeah, go ahead and defund the police. Get rid of the entire Minneapolis City Police Department. But I wouldn't wish that on the good citizens of Minneapolis. Just, I wouldn't. But, you know, to make a, uh, to prove a point, uh, that would, be, let's see that social experiment play out. But I just think so many people would be hurt by it that it, we really can't. You know, consider that a, a, vi- a really, truly viable option. And yet we can't tolerate police officers putting their knees on the neck of people who are unarmed and killing them. <laughs> That's exactly right. So what do but, we do? Well, there's a couple things. Um, first of all, an idea that's being floated around, and I think it's getting uh, support from all corners uh, and all sides to it is to have a, a somewhat of a registry where you can go and see uh, who the bad cops are, the disciplined cops. Uh, one of the things that happens in policing is that if somebody is allowed to resign their police officer position without any discipline, you know, they're told resign or be fired, so they resign. So then a, a job comes up somewhere else and they apply for it, and there's no record of uh, any malfeasance in office or any misconduct. So uh, having that available so that bad cops uh, don't keep moving from department to department. I just saw something interesting to give you an analogy. In my, uh, what I call my second home country of New Zealand, it turns out that there were uh, two doctors who just were licensed to practice law or practice medicine in the country of New Zealand from the United States, it turned out both had engaged in serious misconduct with their patients, and I'll let you that up to your imagination, and they were able to sneak into New Zealand and, because New Zealand needs doctors, um, began to establish a practice. And uh, the, what the news, the news article said is uh, nobody knew that they had this misconduct till after they had already come to the country and started practicing medicine. Somebody dug it up, these past reports, but there was no place you could go to in the U.S. to find that out. Okay, so a registry of bad cops nationally that the public can access. Uh, What other reforms are needed? Well, I think the whole um, uh, 
issue of the uh, of force needs to be addressed. There's, uh, as you guys, Joe, you and Mark, and your listeners probably know, up here in Montour County, we have the the only two secured juvenile detention facilities, and they uh, accept juveniles sent by courts from all over Pennsylvania. We've had juveniles who were not certified to adult court, but convicted of manslaughter or all kinds of just really crimes. And uh, the staff up there, all civilians, not law enforcement, have a whole protocol of what they what has been termed safe physical management. And uh, the juveniles at the secure tribunes can go up to the age of 21. And we had a serious uh, physical assault by a group of guys uh, years ago when I was district attorney. Um, and the three perpetrators of various assaults on the staff were um, bigger than the starting linebacking court, Penn State, that year. But there are tools and techniques that one can use that's called safe physical management to control these people when they get uh, out of control. Adopting those kinds of tactics is important. What about training, Bob? I mean, are the police adequately that's all part trained? Of it, uh, Joe, that's exactly right. Um, I don't know if you, I think you're aware of this, but most of your uh, listeners may not. Um, police officers, in, municipal police officers, are required to attend 30 hours of mandatory training every year. I happen to be on the statewide committee of about 10, and we do the training on what is called legal updates. In other words, uh, cases that come down in the criminal justice system that we can teach troop, uh, tro- I mean, police officers uh, about so they know how to properly file certain charges. Well, that's six hours of that 30 hours. There are other things to fill up the 24 hours that can be incorporated into that 30 hours every year for all officers to address these issues. We hear about systematic racism or systemic racism in the U.S., institutional racism. I think they kind of get mm. used interchangeably uh, now. Sure. Is there some way to, does it exist in your view, and is there some way to root it out? Um, I would say that in, in most instances I'm very uncertain of its existence. Uh, for example, let me just give an example. In Minneapolis, the Democratic Party has controlled the city of Minneapolis since 1973 with a mayor and a council and um, that, you know, hires the chief of police that uh, takes care of all of the law enforcement um, oversight. And if they haven't been able to root out institutional racism in the last 50 years of their control, I'm skeptical of whether it actually exists in in a broad pervasive way are there instances of officers uh in maybe the minneapolis police department or elsewhere that are racist i believe so but i is it institutional or systemic well how can that be in a city like minneapolis or a city like philadelphia which has been called controlled by a party that really uh as part of its platform rally rails against institutional or systemic racism yet they've been in control so, just a thought on that. 
Well, Mark and I had this discussion on Friday, uh, and I said to him, or Thursday, because I wasn't here Friday, I said to him, can you name me one problem that exists today that there is not a law to cover already on the books? And is it a lack of enforcement or will to enforce? Would that be an example? If, if we don't adequately enforce the laws, would that be an example of racism? Well, I, I think it can be, certainly. Um, I think, you know, uh, what the way the laws have evolved in, in the last 50 years here in Pennsylvania, uh, we have something that's called the Model Penal Co- Code or Criminal Code, and it's available. it was available for adoption by all 50 of the states. You know, of making sure that the the level of crimes have been uniform and consistent across each of the 50 states. And it goes back to the 1960s, I believe it was established. Since then, the way the criminal laws have evolved is episodic in nature. In other words, there's some horrendous thing that happens. Um, and I'll give you one that you can all, all remember, I'm sure. Megan's Law. Megan Kanka was a young, uh, I think, seven-year-old girl in New Jersey. She was abducted and murdered by a man who had had a um, background uh, and record involving uh, sexual crimes with young children, and nobody knew about it in the neighborhood. So we, in response to that, we developed Megan's Law to target and identify and keep a record, uh, a registry of sex offenders. So if that's how we've approached criminal law in the last 50 years. If we see a what was considered a glaring gap in the law, we do a patchwork thing targeting something caused by an incident. Tell me about this: uh, the subtleties and the difficulties of criminally charging police officers. Um. I don't think it's um, overly subtle. I think um, it's difficult because uh, when you Mark, when you're gearing up for a trial where a police officer is the defendant, you're going to have three types of people on that jury. You're going to have, first of all, uh, people that are law um, enforcement supporters who generally come up with the theory that, you know, police wouldn't arrest somebody uh, unless that person was guilty, and generally support law enforcement. And that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. There are going to be other people who think that all cops are dirty, and all cops are bad, and they do abuse people, each and every one of them. And then you're going to see people in the middle that really, like in society, just don't have opinions about those issues, or if they do... They, they keep them very quiet. So picking a jury in a cop case is a, a very problematic. What well, about you're going to have defendants on the on the former defendants on the uh, panel as well, and they may not really. I mean, not in Pennsylvania. No, um, that doesn't happen. Okay, good. They get they get screened yeah. out. Okay, all right. So uh, you, you have this uh, case. Do you? What about the? I watch a lot of TV, so I know cops cover up for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, you can. Yeah, you, that is, there is that uh, blue wall of silence. There you go. Um, and you know, I think there's a thinking among some law enforcement officers there, but for the grace of God, go I. 
So uh, there is a bit of that. Um, on the other hand, um, very few people in society have a full appreciation for um, the difficult job it is to be a police officer, even in Danville or Shemokin Dam or anywhere else in the country. It's, it's a difficult, dangerous job. Uh, officers have been killed all over the country. Uh, it's, it's dangerous, and uh, you're dealing with people that don't play by the rules by definition. So it's sometimes it's, a, it's an unbelievably hard job. Bob is a former DA and someone still very much involved with that kind of work. Uh, do you think that the uh, if you were if you were the prosecutor in in Minneapolis, do you think they overcharged this guy Chauvin, or do you think they undercharged him? I mean, it seems to me like I, first I, degree. No, I, they, I don't think they could have undercharged uh, him. Uh, and let me explain that to everyone. We use the term murder. Uh, in a very casual manner. <clears throat> the correct term is homicide. That's what the law says, homicide. Now, within homicide, Joe and Mark, there are th five separate categories. There is murder one, murder two, murder three, voluntary manslaughter, and involuntary manslaughter. Um, murder one is the intentional killing of another with intent and with malice, uh, sometimes uh, defined as an evil heart or a hardness of heart, you know, something that's really uh, bad uh, that's done. Then there's murder two, which is sometimes called felony murder, and that's where... Um, the typical example is somebody goes in to rob the bank. They're not going to try and kill anybody. They just want to take the money from behind the counter. And they go in, and um, there's a security officer, and he pulls a gun, and to uh, and then the, the bank robber shoots that person. That's called felony murder, because it, it's a murder committed in the commission of a felony. And then the third type of murder is murder in the third degree, which is an intentional killing but not with malice or in the commission of a crime. So Mr. Chauvin has been charged with all of that and also charged with voluntary manslaughter. Voluntary manslaughter is a killing that is done in the heat of passion. Um, some sudden urge came over somebody, and the, the standard example, uh, if I can be slightly graphic, is... <clears throat> um, Husband's out working on a job, wife's at home, her boyfriend sneaks in, husband comes back an hour early and catches the two of them in bed and becomes so overcome with emotion, so overwhelmed that he takes his gun and shoots the, um, the boyfriend. And he, and he killed him intentionally with a gun, but he was so overcome with immediate passion that uh, that's a voluntary manslaughter. And then finally, involuntary manslaughter is a killing that occurs without intent or without malice. Typically, it's the uh, drunk driver going down the road who runs a stop sign and goes and plows into another vehicle of innocent people and kills one or more in that car. He didn't intend to kill anybody, but his, he was so grossly negligent, and that caused the death. So...
Chauvin has been charged basically with homicide, and the thinking I'm sure with the prosecutor is we'll let we'll put everything in front of the jury, let them pick it. Isn't that a dangerous thing to do? <laughs> no, I, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, I uh, I had a, a very difficult, a very awful murder case years ago in in the town of Danville, and um, a boyfriend took a knife to his girlfriend 27 times. Um, and he had been drinking and using drugs. And so I charged with homicide um, because I, I thought if it went to a jury trial, uh, I, I wasn't sure exactly where the jury would come out. I was thinking probably third-degree murder, which is what it ended up being. So in this case, I, I think the bigger issue, Joe and Mark, is this. It's a simple one. Can this police officer get a fair trial trial anywhere in the country? Can he get one in Minneapolis? Uh, well, I would expand <laughs> that to, to pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Right, you have to go to you know, the, the normal remedy is to, you know, like around here, if we have a, a highly sensational case, you get a jury from, uh, say, for us, Clarion County, different news media area, very similar composition uh, to, say, Snyder County, and you bring them in. You pick the. You bring them. In, you go out to Clarion County, pick the fourteen or so sixteen jurors and alternates, and you bring them into the county to hear the case. I don't know unless you went up to the Thousand Lake region of uh, Minnesota, where no one has TV sets, and pick twelve people up there. You might get a jury, but <laughs> I think it's going to be exceedingly difficult. It'll be it's going to take time to try this. An additional comment, anything to add uh, to our to your sure. remarks? Maybe we didn't ask an important question. You, d- you didn't ask an important question. <laughs> we always do that with you. <laughs> I know. Um, I think this also, Mark, is very interesting. Uh, the charges against the other three officers of aiding and abetting the commission of a crime. Um, I believe, I, I think there, um, that's really questionable in that According to the aiding and abetting statute, and I'll read it to you, a person commits an offense if he intentionally aids another to accomplish an unlawful object of a crime. And, and, and the example used in that, in that statute, section of the statute is someone who helps somebody else who committed a crime launder money. In other words, it requires an intentional act. Mm, yeah by the other three officers to aid Officer Chauvin in committing the crime that he is alleged to have committed. That'll be a high bar, right? To, to I think it's they a very high bar, okay. Mark. I really do. Well, keep in touch. I really appreciate your check-in. Yeah, we'll be thanks, back Bob. in touch with you. We always appreciate your insights, I guarantee. As uh, our world evolves, we're going to have to be back in touch, and hopefully we'll get you back here in the studio soon. I, you know, I, I enjoy that, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my good friend, Mr. McGranahan. Always good to talk to you, Bob. <laughs> and, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, always look forward to talking to you as well. All right. Thank you so much, Bob Buner, former Montour County DA. So thank you, sir. Uh, you are. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, have some idle chit-chat, and then we'll move on with the show. Uh, We want to let you know that uh, On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, You can visit sunburymotors.com to see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. Hundreds of vehicles are in perfect condition in the pre-owned inventory. 
inventory, and they've got an abundance of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai. Now, they've been doing a lot of sales. They hit some sales goals recently, and that's because these online sales are becoming increasingly popular, and it's getting easier. You just select the vehicle that's ideal for you. In some cases, folks had to order one, and it got uh, transferred from another dealer. Or you go through the uh, Carfax report, and all the perfect uh, photographs are there of the pre-owned vehicles. Uh, and guess what? You find that perfect vehicle. You purchase it online right from your home. They've delivered some vehicles. They've had some folks come down and hop in a sanitized vehicle that's ready to go. It's contact-free, a couple of electronic signatures, and the notary's online, and you're off. Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 will be the hotline during the 9 a.m. hour after we do the brief news headlines and get uh, the rest of our information out. So we'll be sure to uh, include you in that conversation. And we'll so no time for idle chit-chat. Here we are at the end of the first segment. <laughs> And I was so looking forward to Idle Chit-Chat. You are so fired up. <laughs> Joe has so many strong opinions. He had his Fox Funnels. Uh, what, are they enlarged or just shined up? Or no, I, I put one from MSNBC in my other ear. Oh, yeah, yeah you did. And my mind is going crazy. Something like that. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. Good morning, everyone. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Sanders at his proper spot to be a fabulous producer, so we appreciate his help and hard work. On the mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, we have open lines now, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at Seven zero two three six. There were several peaceful rallies held over the weekend in Danville. Police were among those who gathered at the borough's Memorial Park Sunday. Police led protesters around a block for a march, and participants took part in chants. And people driving by were honking in support of the uh, demonstrators there. In Mifflinburg, several groups, including Mifflinburg Against Racism and Hate and Green New Deal Lewisburg, were in on promoting a rally along Route 45. Hundreds of people were there, and local 
Capitol Police and Sheriff's staff again present and aiding the rally in several ways. Another Valley teacher is a Pennsylvania Teacher of the Year finalist. Andrea Bainey is a fourth grade math teacher at Danville Area School District's Liberty Valley Intermediate School. I was excited and just completely blown away that I was selected and I feel incredibly honored to have made it this far through the process because I know how many outstanding teachers there are Bain- out there. Bainey says one of her keys to successful teaching stemmed from her biggest influence, her second grade teacher in Montoursville Area School District, Mrs. Miller. Bainey also credits her Susquehanna University education, especially getting early hands-on experience beginning in her freshman year of teaching. Four new COVID-19 cases have popped up in the Valley. Two were in Union County, bringing their total to 73. Northumberland County has one new case at 209. Snyder County has a new case at uh, 55. Montour County steady with uh, 53 cases. And uh, an additional death in the Valley was reported over the weekend attributed to the death of a Union County resident because of COVID-19. Northumberland County Fair canceled due to COVID-19. And early Sunday, the Northumberland County Fair Board says and they looked at everything from every angle and had to make that particular decision to cancel the fair. Uh, Frank Rizzo is gone. The image of the former Philadelphia Mayor Frank Rizzo now removed from the side of a building in South Philadelphia amid large protests in the city on the issue of police brutality. Mural Arts Philadelphia said Sunday morning that the mural was removed from the wall near the Italian market in South Philadelphia where it was created nearly a quarter century ago. A small corner showing a parking sign remained Sunday. The last thing they painted over was Rizzo's eye and and they finally painted over that. A World War II veteran from Riverwood Senior Living Community celebrated his 102nd birthday this week in a release from the Nursing Care Center. It says due to coronavirus restrictions, Carl Phillips got to take several visitors from outside his the window of his room. Of course, they could not enter. Visitors also showed up to celebrate, included the color guard from the American Legion Post 182, members of the Lewisburg High School Marching Band, U.S. Congressman Fred Keller, uh, David Rose, the state representative, and several members of Phillips' family. Of course, we were lucky enough to interview uh, Mr. Phillips, Carl Phillips, back in 2018, and we've reposted that interview at uh, WKOK.com. And Fox Fox News has apologized for putting up a chart comparing the stock market's performance as generally positive in the out- aftermath of deaths of black leaders. And they say after George Floyd, Martin Luther King Jr., and Michael Brown, the financial markets are booming. The chart was shown during Brett Baer's show and designed to depict the positive financial implications of unrest or the assassination or death of black leaders. It illustrated gains made by the S&P 500 after King's assassination in 1968, the Ferguson, Missouri police shooting of 18-year-old Michael Brown in 2014, and of course the May 25th death of Floyd in Minneapolis. Uh, Former GOP chair Michael Steele posted the chart, says it shows Fox mourns the loss of black men by only measuring it how much the stock market goes up. Well, they apologized. People are always saying Fox never apologizes. They apologized. I don't think they... Uh, who said they never apologized? That's We've had callers it, on the show to the, say they well, never admit the they're wrong, never apologize. It's, uh, Trump who doesn't apologize. Blah, blah, blah. My gosh, Fox has <laughs> apologized a dozen times.
Yes, I agree. They're they getting have. caught all the time, stretching the truth, etc. All right, we got open phones. We'll take your calls now, 1-800-795-9565, the telephone number. We have two open lines. We have two occupied lines. We would love to hear from you right now, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, Mike, thanks for waiting. You're on the mark. Yeah, hey, I wanted to uh, clear up, I think, what was a misunderstanding about one of my previous calls where I was talking about the potential misuse of mail-in ballots and the data from those ballots. And you brought up, you know, essentially that, I don't know that you were accusing me directly, but saying that people that work in these uh, elections offices would, you know, would be doing something wrong and I'm accusing them. No, that's not what I'm accusing those people of. Uh, And it comes to light now since our conversation that in South Korea, the election that they recently had there with the resistance party, which was way behind in the polls, actually overtook the sitting party. And they're coming to find out that when these ballots, these paper uh, mail-in ballots were tabulated, the machines that were supposed to do it were supposed to essentially be what's known as a dumb box. It did one thing. It counted votes. But they're coming to find out that they may not have been dumb boxes. There may have been, uh, you know, their ability to connect to the Internet. There were USB ports in them. And uh, when they would reboot some of these machines, the, the data would come up different than the initial finding. So I just wanted to say, I never accuse anybody of doing misdeeds in election offices. But, and this is this conversation is for another day, the misuse of data with early mail-in ballots is enormous, and, and that's all I want to say in, in, on that particular topic. Well, what's what's the misuse? I mean, the, the ballots come in, they go in a vault, they get locked up, and nobody looks at them. What What's the misuse? Okay, the, the misuse, misuse is that there's there's codes, there's computer codes on, on the ballots, and in our case here in Pennsylvania, there was a computer code on the exterior of the envelope. Okay? Right. Right. And that, that can, when you look at it, you can't see anything with your eyes. You don't know what that code says. So basically this, uh, in my particular area, uh, there's a heavy concentration uh, in my zip code of Republican voters. So if you had to mail in a ballot two or three weeks ahead of time and these ballots get you know, put into the machine and, and looked at, you can have data saying, hey, what the turnout is in this strong Republican area. And if the Republican turnout is way, way higher than the Democrat, then these politicians with that information in hand can say, hey, I can go in there and work and get, get my uh, voter turnout up. We can spend money on advertising. There's, there's many ways that, that that information can be used, okay? So, uh, but that's not really why I, I called. I just wanted to put that to bed to say to you and any of your listeners, and I'm not accusing people that, you know, these paid professionals in these county offices of doing anything wrong or thinking that I would think they would do anything wrong. But these, these computers, they can do things wrong. Okay, now, the reason I called is the uh, defund the police uh, movement that's underway. It, it spread like wildfire across the country, and, and, and it seemed like just a matter of a day or two that these uh, blue cities across the nation were talking about it. But here this morning, I'm, I'm starting to notice that officials... They, they want to, if you ask them about defunding the police, they want to answer the question with words without using the phrase defund the police, okay? So it sounds to me like defund the police is a loser for Democrats. And since we're in an election year, 
I think we should, you know, try to get Joe Biden to answer the question, what does he feel about defunding the police? I think we won't hear defund. I think what we'll hear is reallocate resources. Right. That's the new phrase. Reallocate resources, revitalize the service, anything but defund the police. So here's my question. Defund the police was something that all these politicians were talking about with passion and protection of the uh, racial minorities. Were they just paying lip service? Were they deceiving these people with defund the police? Or were they just pandering? Well, I think what they're doing is ignoring the fact that the overwhelming majority, overwhelming majority of police officers are not racist killers. You know, I've seen some Facebook posts even on our own uh, Facebook page here where people are saying, oh, white people want to ignore killer cops. Come on, get serious. The majority of cops are not killers. They are dedicated public servants who are motivated to preserve and protect our rights and our liberties in this country. The few bad apples need to be rooted out somehow. And I saw an article in the Harrisburg paper over the weekend that I liked. They found a, one of their recruits, their cadet recruits, as a new police officer, had a second undisclosed Facebook account where he posted racial and insensitive racial issues. And they fired him. That's proactive. That's looking back and saying, okay, we're trying to keep this guy from ever getting on the street because we don't think he's got the right temperament for the job. You know, so that's not that's not systemic racism. That's exactly the opposite. That's a systemic effort to try and root it out before it becomes a problem. Maybe it'd be better to say to refund the police and to re-examine the budget so that if you find, you know, if we end up agreeing that there's anything lacking, whether it's, you know, actual training or whatever a root-out process would be that would find where, you know, those few racist officers that exist that, you know, would act on on those uh, proclivities given the opportunity, but to refund police departments so that we can do that, you know. But, you know, around here... Budgets are tight. Your number of officers is generally in the single digits. Sunbury's the only police department, scratch minus Williamsport, that has a double-digit police department Buffalo size. Valley. In, in our area. Oh, yeah, good point. Thank you. But, you know, you can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to go down to nine officers in Sunbury because I want to reconnect it or get, you know, turn this into community funding. You got to cover shifts. Your officers have to be safe. You got to make sure that your community is adequately uh, protected. So it's a big conversation, but I, I'm not sure that you're going to see a lot of movement locally. And I don't think we don't have many of the bad apples around here, which really helps. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the Mifflinburg rally yesterday, and uh, I was really pleasantly surprised to see the wide number of local police that were there assisting, helping, kneeling. What did your sign say, just out of curiosity? Uh, my sign said, I'm just passing through. I just, just passing through. through. I'm here for the beer. I drove through <laughs> it just to see it okay. uh, and uh, and drove past the other way. It did not stop. But I, I do think that uh, I, I was very glad to see that local police were very much part of the solution and trying to protect the the uh, people that were uh, the holding the rally. Anyway, Mike, we'll give you the last word. Bobby's waited an inordinately long time while I drone on and on. So he's patient, but please go ahead. There's generally very good training for police officers, and they're doing, uh, over the years, they are doing the things to, to make sure that police officers are, are, are proper for the job. And to say that there's a systemic uh, relationship between police officers that are white hunting down black 
people to execute them. And that's the narrative that we're hearing on the TV, if you, if you monitor MSNBC especially. That, that's just wrong. It's inflammatory. It's degrading. And it doesn't help the cause. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, nice, Mike. Appreciate the call. Bobby, go right ahead. You're on the mark. Yes, um, I'm going to say good morning, everyone. You know, as we all know, technology has, uh, has advanced. And, uh, you know, of course, when I started in radio, it was radio telephone. Of course, now we have, you know, cyber this, cyber that. So maybe as a start, you know, not just for the police forces, but everything else in that, to, to reallocate funds for the t- from the technical standpoint and then, uh, and then go from there and not, not just, uh, you know, look at the numbers in that, but how the money is going to be appropriated for n- not just cybercrime, but, I mean, there's different types of criminals out there, and this way that would make a lot more sense. Well, I guess so. So what do you want to, you mean to investigate cyber crimes, people that are using well, their no, community? Well, I no, mean, I mean, okay, the, the, as far as the, the, okay, the reallocation of funding for the, for the police forces and that, that uh, I'm going to say more than one area is involved. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yep, good point. Thank you so much, All right, Bobby. Thank you. Yep, we'll appreciate that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll take a quick break. We're going to be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price. For your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC Way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Subway Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at SunburyMotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Should be interesting to see how this idea of uh, defunding police gains momentum in the U.S. Who does it? How does it happen? Uh, what do they replace it with, if any? I know in some towns they've defunded police departments only to rely on these comparable policing from a neighboring community. Might be less expensive, but less uh, sort of personalized, less community-oriented. I know up at Williamsport they still do community police, where they make sure they have a police barracks or a little substation in a neighborhood, and the uh, police officers stay there. They're generally patrolled by bikes, and they're continued, cons- continued community well, policing. If the good people people in Minneapolis decide this is what they want to try. I always like the word, as I said to you before, transformative. We're going to come up with something transformative that really serves the community. Gee, I'm excited to hear what that might be. Well, we need you know, that, we have, we have had, what, how many years of this country? 250 years of this country. Uh, and so what do we... What do we come up with? Well, police departments are what we come up with. We come up with the military. We come up with police departments. No one in all that time has come up with something better, something transformative, uh, 
that is going to serve us any better. I mean, well, it I just think we've seems had multiple times where we've had transformative moments where well, first we of all, m- moved on and, and came up with, a, a, you know, our people, our systems, and institutions became better. Look at the Civil War. I mean, we at, at one point, would you say the Civil War was not a transformative moment in well, the it U.S.? it definitely was a transformative moment, a genuine transformative moment. Well, now it's Abolishing the police department isn't a transformative moment. moment. It's an act of lunacy, in my opinion. If the police haven't received... First of all, no one trained Officer Chauvin to kneel on someone's neck. That's not part of any training <laughs> program I've ever heard of for municipal or state police. There's no homicide not class there. at the No, at there's the no class on how to okay. kill people. You know, and yes, chokeholds have been used for years when nothing else has worked. But now we have, uh, and I could see, I understand the desire to remove them completely, make them illegal. I agree with that. We have beanbags that we can fire at people. We have tasers that we can use on people. We don't need to put them in a chokehold, I don't think, anymore. So, let, yes, that, that could be a reasonable reform that we put in place. Are but you this, ready to do that in Shemokin Dam? I don't think we use them anyway. Um, we have No, uh, but when the time comes. You may. Do you wish to train to – you've already trained in proper use of the taser. Are you ready – Yeah. I, I, what, what actions are you ready to take in we your have, police department? Well, we have purchased the non-lethal equipment necessary to be able to handle a tough situation without resulting to that kind of violence. Some police departments don't have tasers because they are expensive. You know, and they don't they don't want apparently to use them. But I would certainly say that giving your officers every option for non lethal force, regardless of the cost, is the way to go. You know, don't put a guy and in the, the training. Well, don't put a guy in well, first of all, you have to have training before tasing. And not only that, you have to physically be tased before you're certified to use it. So the cops don't just shoot it at people without knowing what the impact is. They felt the impact. You know, maybe we should do the same thing with chokeholds. Okay, you can use them, but we're going to put you in one first and see how you like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was a great way. I mean, that's kind of like a conditioned reflex. We have the officer get tased, and he knows what it feels like, and so he thinks twice before using it, and he's able to better, I think, assess the situation and the need for it. More aware of its limitations, too. I mean, he would get a sense, he or she would get a sense of how fast you recover, well, and it's what not strength you are left with, and, and the lack of impact it has on some people. Right. Well, if in the wintertime with heavy clothing on, it can have a limiting effect. No argument there. But there's also a portion of the gun that if you're up close and personal with someone, you can use it directly in contact with their skin. You don't have to have the probes fire into them. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, non-lethal force is certainly something that we should arm our police departments with. Unfortunately, they're going to still need guns. But in this case, as we found out in George Floyd's case, you don't need a gun to kill someone. You know, so this there's not much we can do about George Floyd now except to honor his memory by looking at what reasonable reforms. You always talk about reasonable gun control that's going to make us safer. That's Senator Toomey's remark, sorry. Why are we talking about reasonable actions we can take to make policing safer for the officers and safer for the citizens? I think we might actually be doing that. Well, look at Buffalo, look at Buffalo where they... Uh, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone. 
telephone number. That's one, your response to look at Buffalo? One eight hundred. No, this is a talk show. I'd like okay. to get people's opinion. I we've, was talking. We've talked about. I know. All right. Never mind. It's the Joe Show. It's Joe McGranahan. He's the mayor of Shemokin Dam. Please continue. No, I was just saying. I think that there are better ways to do this, and we should be looking at how we can solve the problem through people. I still go back to what I said to you before. The problem isn't systemic racism. It's people with racism. And that we're not going to pass a law to cure that, and we're not going to cure it by just wishing it away. We're going to have to be able to sit down and talk to each other frankly, and that's why it disturbs me that all these people are being forced to apologize for saying what they think. You know, you have the NFL commissioner apologizing because now he realizes he shouldn't have complained about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. If he thought it was wrong then, he should think it's wrong now. You know, we've got to be able to talk to each other about this stuff, and we've got to be able to say whatever is on our mind without worrying about whether someone is going to say, oh, fire that man. He had the wrong idea. Like you're doing now. Okay, so we have open phones. Uh, Joe needs a response to his remarks, or he'll, he'll feel as though his opportunity is unmet. 1-800- no, I won't. 1-800-795-9565. Call us now. Uh, Joe's talking, talking about uh, changing the way we train officers might be part of this. Well, at the same time, uh, I think, it, you know, let's let's suppose the Officer Chauvin had more training of some sort and uh, a series of accepted, legal, safe measures of restraining individuals were used. Well, George Floyd might be alive if that he officer had stuck with those, had the training and then stuck with them. He might be alive if he had if, – if, if this officer had been suspended or fired for his previous uh, – what do you call them? Bad acts, if you yeah, will? Yeah, it was on a uh, – um, if he was uh, – oh, what am I trying to say? If he's on the bad apple list is what uh, – uh, right, Attorney Buner called it. All right, so if he if he had been on that bad apple, well, he obviously was on the bad apple list, but nothing happened to him as a result of it. Now, if, if you want to talk about something that's systemic, maybe he was protected by the police higher ups because they think he's a fellow brother, and we'll just you know hope that he gets a little better. We'll give him a reprimand, and that'll take care of the problem. You know, I don't like zero tolerance, as you know, but I think there should be some review of police officers, a fair review. And I know police officers don't like citizen review, but stop and think about it for a minute. The way the country's set up, mayors are in charge of police departments, and that is citizen review. The mayors usually aren't cops. I'm not one. But yet, you know, and I'm sure there are times our chief doesn't like the fact that I say I want to do this, and he doesn't want to do that. And but he tases you, and then you he come hasn't, around. He hasn't, but he offered to tase me. I rejected One of offer. our good listeners says not all departments require all officers to be tased during the training. Some do, some don't. I know up in Williamsport they used to tase everybody. Whether it's a requirement, I don't know. I was told it's a requirement. Okay. Well, Before you're certified to use a taser, you have to be tased. Okay, well, I think I think it's an opportunity. Oops, I'm sorry. CBS News popped in there. Okay. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'd love to hear from you. You can keep uh, sending us texts at texts at seven zero two three six. You can email us at on the market We'd very much uh, like to hear from you today. So uh, give us a call. Uh, email us at on the market Text us at seven zero two. 
We'll take a quick break, get that out of the way. we got four open lines, uh, really one of the hottest topics that we've had around here, so we'll expect callers to be in queue uh, when we return. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Um, let's see, systematic, uh, we'll talk to Cindy. Good morning, Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning. I called in last week, and Mark, you asked me what I thought about the governor's proposals to deal with this issue, so I pulled the newspaper and took a look at them, and I don't, I don't have much of a comment on his proposals, but I do like what um, Josh Shapiro, our attorney general, proposed, that he thought that there should be uh, legislation passed that would create a database. I say it should be maintained by the attorney general's office. That would, and you would record misconduct by police officers there, that their department would be required to record those misconducts there, so that if someone else, if I wanted to hire someone, I could check there to see if they've been guilty of misconduct. Now, the problem with that is, the short-sightedness of it is it would only be available within Pennsylvania, right? Which begs the maybe it needs to be a broader kind of database. No, I think I think that would work, Cindy, because you can't you can't you become do. a police officer without taking training. And if you were going to some other state, it would have to be a state we have a, re- a reciprocity agreement with, or else they'd have to take training again. Usually, they would have to certify that they had had the training, which would lead them back to Pennsylvania. But that doesn't. It isn't just about the training, Joe. It's about bad actions. No, so, but I mean, if they had a bad action report and they had, and it was back to Pennsylvania, they would have to say where they were trained, and then that would spur an investigation in Pennsylvania, which hopefully would turn up the fact that they had been a disciplinary problem. Well, you know, we've we've had this issue across um, public employees for decades, and it was only maybe in the last ten years the Pennsylvania legislature forced this issue through about school teachers. And now they used to call this pass the trash, that if there was a bad-acting <laughs> teacher, they would, be, they would quit and just move to another school district in Pennsylvania and begin to, um, their bad actions there and continue their pension and all of their benefits. So, I, and so we've done away with that. The legislature abolished that capacity. There is now a database, and you can find out if a teacher's been acting badly. And I certainly think that should be the case for police officers as well, that that would be uh, a a good investment of public dollars to make such a database and make that available. Also, I think there should be uniforms. And I don't think they should be able in their contract to uh, make their, to hide these bad actions. You know, the teacher's contracts used to say that you couldn't document these things in their personnel file which is just absurd. <laughs> what is the purpose of a personnel file except to document these kinds of things? Well, usually in, so. in a police contract, there is a section on how to handle complaints against the police. And it's a subject for negotiation between the police department and the municipality. I think there ought to be a state law that spells right. out how it's done and uniformly across every police department in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, I think the state law should say that if you're accused of bad action, that that would go to that database. No matter what you want to negotiate the secrecy of it into your contract, that wouldn't trump state law. State law should say if you're accused of this, whether it's found to be true or not, it's irrelevant. 
if you're accused of this, it should be documented. Now, I have no problem with them saying that it was later unfounded, that there would be a way to document that, that it was unfounded, that the officer could respond by putting in an associated file, but I think we should have such a database. I think that's a good, a good positive, forward-thinking kind of action to take. But wouldn't you support removing the allegation if it was subsequently found to be untrue? Well, I struggle with that because you could have. Uh, you could have you could an officer have acquitted twenty times. That walk a thin line, and if you have too many of those thin line actions, then you probably shouldn't be a police officer anymore. Yeah, you could be acquitted you know, twenty times. I don't times. think you randomly. Uh, you, uh, I do know that some people are falsely accused. I won't question that. But what are the odds that you would be repeatedly falsely accused? Don't you think then that becomes kind of slim, that the odds that, you know, I mean, this would uh, amount to some kind of harassment campaign that people methodically, repeatedly reported that Cindy O'Hara makes terrible phone calls to the radio. I mean, wouldn't there be a point <laughs> at which that would be suspicious that maybe she does make <laughs> when, terrible when, phone calls? We've been dealing with that, Cindy. We've been dealing with that, Cindy, but we still let you on anyway. I'm waiting to be cut off. No, won't yeah, happen. Actually, we do have another caller, so funny <laughs> okay. you would mention that. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much. I you make some good it. points, Cindy, as always. Thanks for calling. Well, and uh, I, th- I think the bad apple basket is one good idea. There's no argument there. <laughs> Hillary already had a basket of deplorables. But, but, Why don't we just put them in there? But what if the officer never job hunts? You know, if he finds a, let's suppose, you know, Minneapolis, was, part of their practice was to not overly discipline office, discipline officers who uh, were found to be uh, in trouble. Well, if I was a bad actor, if I was one of the bad apples, I just wouldn't job hunt. I don't want all that to well, transfer. Stop and take you know, a look a minute at the nature of calls. Won't hire me. Take a look at the nature of calls. Let's say you're in a city and you're assigned to a precinct where there's a great deal of crime. Uh, you're going to wind up in more situations where, you know, your judgment could come into question than the officer who patrols in the suburbs <laughs> they have a, where yeah. it's, you know, everything is uh, peace and light and then we stop a few people for breaking the traffic laws. Officers have a name for that person. It's, he's called a blank magnet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's the... Uh, He's a number one magnet, we'll call it. Well, I would say that, you know, the, the, the circumstances that you make a policeman operate in determines to some extent the nature of his behavior. Oh, you're not talking about the officer. You're talking about the environment. That that's a, It's a tough neighborhood. If he's in period. a high-crime neighborhood, he's going to so be more, more vigilant. Right, he's, more yes, confrontations, potentially. Right. So, well, unfortunately, that could be a factor. When I say to you, Mark, please put down that gun and stop robbing this grocery store, because I'm a social worker now and not a cop, Mm -hmm. what happens if you don't do it? Who are we going to call? Ghostbusters? 1 800 795 9565 is our telephone number. We do have one caller waiting. We'll take more. 1 800 795 9565. Let's not get too far into the weeds on the defunding of police department and disciplining officers. Remember, we have an accusation of widespread and systemic racism in the U.S. Police officers is is just one branch of that. We have a lot of individuals telling us that uh, there's a lot of equality that uh, isn't being a lot of institutions just aren't equal yet, so let's not lose sight of that discussion. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. Uh, Al, you're on the mark. Thanks for checking in today. 
Hi, I, I had a story a couple years ago that happened to a friend of mine, or it could even happen to me, we'll say. And I reported it to the radio, and they don't want to go far with it. I was over to your place. I was the daily item. They really couldn't go far with it. But I ended up being charged with five of felonies and a couple misdemeanors and uh, 27. I was looking at 27 years and 90 days in prison. And the charge, I had to get myself a lawyer and get the charges brought down. And uh, I was even told, don't worry about it too much. Uh, but that was a case of where I was abused. I was put in a chokehold. And uh, I couldn't prove it because there was no witnesses, but there was 70 EMTs there. And I reported it to the police, and the police came. And the policeman couldn't see anything on my neck because he says he looked, but he didn't see anything. But the uh, hospital saw something. And... Uh, it went on and on, and then finally when it did go to court, they dropped me down to a non-traffic violation and said the $500 fine, and it was so corrupt that my lawyer gave me $1,000 back and paid the fine, and, and to this day, the young cousin of mine I was protecting is still in a nursing home. Uh, he, he was retarded. I was making sure that his pants didn't fall down when he got outside, and they didn't like what I was doing. I have to. I had to protect my cousin. He's handicapped. I was in my aunt's house, and um, and the mayor is in charge of the police. I filed right with the mayor, and Kurt has still not talking to me this day. They avoid me to this day. Now, did you uh, sue civilly? I could have, but I I we prayed and we just wanted it to go away and we figured that was <laughs> until today <laughs> where it comes back up again okay well, no, i came over to you people right now i'm aware yeah and i told the i told everybody the story linda culvert i told everybody the story two weeks later the cop that did it and protected the emt uh was out of town and he's still out of town and he was a brother knight so it can happen to anybody at any time and I wanted to talk to this EMT's boss that day with the three of them in the office, and they refused to do that. I thought maybe he was just having a bad day. And my theory was I didn't want EMTs running around sunburied that were choking people in their aunt's domain in a private home because I went listen and go downstairs when he told me to go downstairs. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, where do we go from here? Well, yeah, so... Well, you can't fight (laughs) City Hall. It's never truer than ever. I don't talk to the mayor about it. It's all in writing. I mean, it's all there. But, you know, and now he's gone. This is like passing the bad apple. He's gone. He's in another town serving. And uh, his pension goes on and on. Oh, they passed the trash. And we got him from another town before because of things that went on in that town. So, you know... He doesn't care about Sunbury, but I sure do care but about But you're not Sunbury. talking about a police officer. You know, this yeah, issue is police officers, not EMTs. He protected, he protected an EMT. He, he pressed charges against me, so it wouldn't go anywhere with the EMT. He, he's the one that pressed all the charges against me. And I even had a lawyer from North, uh, out, out in Williamsport that was a very good lawyer, and we tried to talk to him for a month. Nobody had talked to me about it. I couldn't get it. My story, you know, you could, and I can't prove it unless there was a lie detector test. 
And, well, that wouldn't and they prove didn't it either. Want to go there, but <laughs> you can see the charges were 27 years, 90, and 90 days, or a $500 fine that they called a non-traffic violation fine. So it doesn't show up my records, and I don't have a record to this day. I mean, they made it go away. All right, we got okay. you. Thank you so much, Al. Appreciate the yeah. call. Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for checking in today. Yeah, I don't think we have a police problem. I think we have a justice system problem. When you look at uh, how many people have been killed in the United States under police custody and you look at every other country, it, it's appalling. It, it, it's sickening. So I think that uh, the way we interpreted justice is one-sided, and maybe it's because we are a police state and we have more lawyers in this country than... Basically, oh, come now. We are, not so what poli- we, we are not a police state. What should we do to the justice system? Okay, Skip Joe, that comment. What should we do Joe, to the justice okay, system? India, China, Russia. Uh, look at their Joe, why, why, why? They are police states. We are not. Okay, well, Moving on. our country kills 30 times more than their country. Where'd you get that, where did you get that statistic? 30 times our more. Association uses uh, look at CNN. Okay, and, and there's okay. a story there that says we kill 30 percent more people than well, Russia. No, you look, look how many deaths are at the hands of our police, and look at the hand, deaths that their military and their police. It don't even compare. It's not even comparable. But I can just tell you right now. Well, what are those numbers? Just so the media me. and all like now are all talking police, 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 police. They're not saying justice system. Okay, key word is justice. So if we start punishing these police and charging with hate crimes, that number would come down dramatically. But it seems like our justice system is trying to sway people. And the people out there marching understand it's justice. So this cop that did that, he should be tried under a court where there's a black judge, black prosecutor. Do you think that should be fair? You want to talk to him? You go ahead. Please. I think that the justice... Ain't all men created equal? Yes. Now, okay. this may come of some interest to you, and I know it refutes your personal don't ideas. Swing the, don't swing the question. Should he be tried, uh, should he be tried with a black prosecution? He should be tried by a jury of his peers, but here's here's the problem you've no, got. No, Yes, no, yes, yes, a jury of his peers. They're going to facilitate the wording, Joe. Come on, Joe. We know how the game is played. Okay. Okay. Do you know how many people were actually killed by police in the United States of America? Fifteen hundred and thirty-six. And you what know that one year? And you know how many were killed in Brazil? Six thousand one hundred and sixty. In the Philippines, forty-eight thousand three hundred seventy-six. I'm looking at a at a story uh, from uh, Wikipedia, and they have a list of killings. Okay, no, let me finish. finish. List of killings by law enforcement officers by country. Now, I guess this is total. But Venezuela, 5,287. El Salvador, 609. Syria, 4,845. You know, so where do you come up with America that's not even comparable? I mean, get serious. If you're going to call in with statistics, get the right ones. You know what's happening in Venezuela, and you know what's happening in Brazil. because. But you said it wasn't even comparable, that the United States was so far out in front it wasn't even comparable. Are we going through something that Venezuela and, and, and Brazil is going through? No, no we're not. Well, okay, you know, so those numbers are skewed. 
be okay, aware good. of what you're saying. But yeah. you didn't say that. You didn't say it with except unless there's civil skewed unrest. comments. You it, said it's unspoken that unless okay. there's civil unrest. Well, all I had to say, Joe. Okay, if you're going to keep being arrogant, okay, oh, these arrogant people are getting rooted out of this country. And if you're going to stay on that side, you're not going to. You're going to get rooted out. I mean, Joe. I mean. Arrogance don't have no place in this country no more. I mean, that's the only way. That that's how we evolve. Okay, that that's been holding us back for years. Okay, arrogance. So just, just, yeah, arrogance. I mean, arrogance. Like I told you, that that's how you can measure someone's level of racism. It's arrogance. I mean, that, that's the way it is. I mean, the court, the justice system has so much arrogance. You know, they're 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 trying to push all the blame. And when the police go out there and just do their job and try to earn a check, you, the, the lawyers got them confused. Okay. <laughs> I, had, I knew go. the Bar Association was is, in here somewhere. This has got to go. Yeah, I'm all just right. telling you, Thank we you need Dale. court reform and we need it badly because you, the media is all about pushing this word police on everybody. It's just justice system. That's all it is. It's not I mean, just... <laughs> okay. We got you. Thank you so much, Dale. appreciate that. Well, we have focused a lot on the police, but that's because they're the focus of uh, much of the protests. But the other part of this is is that so we need to come down with some concrete solutions to the issues that are reasonable. You know, let's we talk about reasonable gun control. We need to talk about what we can reasonably do here to make an effective change. I appreciate the fact that people are out demonstrating for for George Floyd. He should not have died. It's terrible what happened to him. There is no excuse for it. There's no excuse for racism, in my opinion. But I still think there is no excuse to abridge someone's right to free speech if they say something we don't like, at least we know where they're coming from. You know, but in this country today, people on both sides, I think primarily on the left, but I'm willing to concede there are plenty of examples on the right as well, you know, people just want to shut you up instead of hearing the alternate opinion. There's and no the, examples of anybody being shut up. 1-800-795-9565. They're not. <laughs> nope. You're one, beginning to sound like Dale. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. 5, we lead the world in not shutting people up. Do we do? Really? All right. 1-800-795-9565. When we come back, I want some examples of somebody being shut up. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, questions and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. <laughs> All 
right. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. So much to talk about, but only a half a dozen callers today. I thought we'd get more action on the phones with people are people are yelling left and right on Facebook, but I guess they, they ran out of steam over the weekend. Well, I, th- I think that the, the problem we face here is that everybody is so emotional about this that it, it's hard to be dispassionate. And yet that's what the times call for. We need to do proportional things. And, uh, you know, I admire the people who are going out and protesting and saying this is wrong. But to say that, you know, we're here to def- to uh, come after killer cops, there aren't that many killer cops. There just aren't. You know, and I think that that's a terrible disservice to the thousands, hundreds of thousands of decent, honest, hardworking police officers in this country, state police, local police, who do their best to keep us safe under difficult circumstances. They literally do put their life on the line for us every single day of the year. And I think they deserve more than just to be branded because of the actions of one bad person. You know, black people say, and correctly so, why should we be branded for the actions of a few of us who are bad? Why? Why should police receive the same treatment? We need to have a dialogue in this country, but the first step in that dialogue has to be that we're willing to put everything on the table without becoming offended and hurt and wanting to get rid of the person who gave an opinion that differed from ours. Until that happens, who's we're never... Being, who's being muted? Well, take a look at the uh, the newspaper stories. The fellow from the Philadelphia Inquirer who wrote a headline the left didn't like. The New York Times editorial well, page. I, no, I think everybody thought that was inappropriate, the and New not York, just the left. But what's wrong with it? So what? So well, he wrote a headline wrong. you I'm don't like. There isn't. I'm just correcting you. If you wrote a headline I didn't like, should I have What's you fired? It's a, well, the story was about looting and victims who The were, story was Buildings Matter too. Right. And it was that about, was the story. Primarily about victims of uh, black-owned businesses that were injured by uh, some of the looting and damages. And, and the, no, the, the actually lockdowns. the story was about historic buildings and the fact that, you know, that they provide a livelihood for many of the people in the area. So Right, and there were a lot of minority members who were injured in that process, not physically injured, but that were being hurt so by that. Do building, but anyway, do buildings matter? Right, but that's an insensitive headline. Why? Well, because it's it makes truth. light of the Black Lives no, Matter. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. I don't think it does at all. Well, I think then that, you would have accepted that. If you were the editor of the Inquirer, you would have let that go through, as a couple of editors do did. Do Black Lives Matter? Absolutely the, they matter. If I was the editor of the Inquirer, I would have said, no, that's making light of an important uh, institutional it change. It was an opinion, it was, it, but if you take it in context and read the story, you cannot be upset with it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's continue this tomorrow. We've I say it's the bar, the bar Association. Well, that's part of it. It's a world of cheese in there. We're it not, is a world of cheese. It's not getting any fresh. We leave the world in its, you know. We leave the world, world in of cheese. stale cheese. WKOK Sunbury.